From HR Wins, this is George LaRock. You're listening to HR Market Watch. Recruiting is interrupt driven. Does that resonate with you? I've been using the phrase interrupt driven to describe the day of a recruiter or recruiting leader for decades at this point. I mean, it really speaks to the volume of work. Uh, especially the volume of administrative tasks that come up throughout the day, things that distract us from the meaningful part of our work. Um, In recruiting, those administrative tasks would be things like scheduling and posting jobs, responding to simple requests, and the list goes on and on. Uh, People are generally in agreement that if we can largely remove those tasks from the equation, we'll have more time to engage in more meaningful work, working directly with candidates and hiring managers, the sort of the, the job that we were intended to do. Now, there's another type of task, though, that a lot of the tech community is currently working on. And those are the tasks uh, associated with sourcing candidates. There's there's really an immeasurable number of sources and approaches you can take to finding candidates. Um, it the, the job of a sourcer, it's sort of one part creativity and one part data analyst or data scientist in, in the way that only a research function can be. Um, what if we could automate that part of the job, you know, build systems that understand the jobs we're recruiting for, then compile lists of candidates and custom built profiles of candidates from myriad sources across the internet? Uh, can, we, can we bring a more complete picture to the recruiter, adding to the resume or the LinkedIn profile, go, going beyond what they've displayed for us to take a look at? But But what are the implications of that technology? I mean, I can clearly see increased speed and the ability to draw from more sources because the machine's doing the work, but do we trust the machine to find the best candidates? And then there's always the question of bias and the possible impact of it on the process. Look, while the efficacy of this approach is getting debated in the market, one thing is for sure. There is great interest from employers, and always has been, for solutions that make finding candidates easier. And the technology is on its way. Like I said, it's getting worked on, that's for sure. So continuing my quest to understand what's emerging in this space, I've got the founder of a new recruiting tech vendor that is automating the sourcing process along with core hiring workflows to talk to us today. Well, they're new to us. They've established themselves in New Zealand and are currently launching in the U.S. Now, they've, they've done all their market research, which is unusual for most emerging tech vendors, I have to tell you. I, I, I wonder if most vendors even have Googled the category that they're in. But anyhow, they've, they've done a lot of this research and they've decided to make no interim stops on the way from New Zealand to what is the biggest market in the world for recruiting technology in the US. Uh, no stops in Australia or Western Europe as we might normally see from a New Zealand vendor on their way here. And I, I think you'll find this conversation interesting, not just for the you know exploration of new recruiting technology, but for the perspective of a company that's doing well in New Zealand in this regard, and then looking at the US recruiting and recruiting technology market from the outside, looking in as they enter the market. 
Okay, Simon Oldham is co-founder at QJumpers. He manages all strategy and P&L, that's profit and loss, uh, development, product development, international expansion for the company. So it's a really big job <laughs> that he has. Um, QJumpers was founded more than 12 years ago in New Zealand, where they are headquartered. And their goal is to bring flexibility to the recruitment process for everyone, whether you're hiring or hoping to be hired. Um, now, QJumpers recently launched in the U.S. and completely redesigned their product for their international expansion into the U.S. market, which I found really interesting. And they've been really focused on what they call global search and match capabilities. So I'm really excited to dig in on the company's story and on the product a little bit. Welcome, Simon. Good morning, George. Uh, how are you today? Um, great, thank you. Yeah, I'm climatized to the time difference now, so I'm, I'm all energized and ready to go. That's a good thing. That's a, so I don't have to go easy on you then. That's, no, no. All right. Okay. <laughs> so um, anything that you'd like to add about Q jumpers or about you know your your story? Uh, yeah, maybe it's it's been an interesting story from the start in terms of where we came from. Okay. Uh, we you know we w weren't setting out to be a uh, an ATS system. We didn't even know what that was. Um, what we were doing is just trying to make it easier for our clients to to hire people, um, and they effectively told us what they wanted. We we started off as a talent pool system. The tools just evolved as we got on. So in terms of background of QJumpers, uh, we kind of fell into this business, um, which a lot of businesses in New Zealand end up doing. They, they, they've got a DIY mentality, do it yourself. If, uh, if there's a problem, you just go out and solve that problem. And we've kind of been going along that strategy initially, and now we know what we're doing. We think we can make it an even better product. So how, um, I, you say you fell into it. It sounds like your customers led you, led you to it, um, which is, yeah. I, I love those stories the best. Those are, um, you know, there are a lot of uh, entrepreneurs who have a great idea on paper and, you know, sometimes they fly and sometimes they don't. Um, but when you're, when you have customers taking you to a destination, um, it's, it's usually a, a good, a good thing. But uh, tell, tell us about, you know, how you got to the U.S. market? Because I, you know, we've had a couple of conversations and I, I think it's, it's interesting how you, um, you know, you, you, you know, your customers led you into recruiting technology and it's not by, by not just because the U.S. is a big market that you're here. I mean, you, you, you know, tell it, tell everyone how you chose to come to the U.S. Yeah, that's, that is an interesting story because everyone thinks we're here because it is, you know, probably the biggest market for recruitment software but that's not the case typically new zealand businesses will jo just go across the the tasman sea to australia right um but we employed some research uh, companies to tell us where we should go uh, you now we've got a system uh, that really suits a collaborative hiring process um we're in a market where high schools are hard to find. And so, you know, getting to the right people uh, quickly is essential. Um, so when we employed these research companies, those were some of the things we wanted them to find is like markets that suited what we were good at. Um, and they 
they did come back with the USA being the one that was the closest. It had, um, I mean, trying to find high skills in America now is, is near on impossible. And, you know, collaborative recruitment process, that's becoming more and more talked about all the time. Um, one of the things the research also told us was that USA are getting bored with the traditional recruitment software providers that are out there. They're looking for something different, for some new tools. And New Zealand's got a reputation of being um, innovative um, in, in America. Um, and we do have a you know, large high-tech industry which are developing really innovative products over there. And Americans tend to realize this, so they tend to welcome us into America. They really want to see what we're doing. We love the fact, they love the fact that we're from a different market. Uh, therefore, you know, we're doing things slightly different than what they're used to. And, uh, and that's working really well. So just being able to get in front of them and show them how we're doing it differently is, is helping us to get into that market. Well, and, and you know, you also have a very, um, I, I wouldn't say a unique story in the sense that you, you're coming to the market with customers, but what we're used to seeing are a lot of upstarts, right? A lot of uh, companies that, again, you know, have an idea, build a product, and then, um, you know, come in, you know, from abroad into the U.S. market, just chasing, you know, the uh, the the total addressable market here, uh, and I and I know that 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 clearly factors into any business decision. But but your um, you know you have a customer base, and you you've been delivering, um, and uh, and this is um, this is actually you you've redesigned this product, right? You've you've for based on this research, is that is am I right in that? Yeah, yeah, we have. Um... Now, there's obviously a lot more that came out of that research than just the things I talked about before. And um, we have rebuilt the whole system on a brand new platform on brand new technologies for the US market based on what the research came back and told us that people wanted. Uh, so, you know, this, this is, I guess, like in New Zealand, we built it based on what customers told us they wanted. Here in America, we've done the same thing. Right, right. And now, will all of your customers in New Zealand uh, ultimately be, will, will all of your customers, period, be on the new platform um, at some point? Yes, but there, there are regional variations. So you know, some of the things that uh, people use in New Zealand are different to what they may use in the American market. So, and, and obviously, uh, you know, the language variations in New Zealand. They don't like e Zs. They prefer Ss in their words. Americans, they like <laughs> to, have, to have the Zs. People are precious about their language. Uh, so that's, that's one thing as well. But there are specific products that we fully integrate with in New Zealand that don't make sense to have in the US market and vice versa. Uh, in terms of workflows, the workflows are pretty much the same. Um, there's a little bit of variation in that kind of offer to onboarding area, but not too much. But we've built the system that it, it can be flexible. You can move the workflows around so that it can suit different markets. But what we've got is we've got the one system, but we're hosting it in two different locations in terms of regions. 
and that gives us the flexibility to be able to offer regional specific functionality as well. Right. They're right. all based on the same code base. Yeah, and that that's key. You know, the big uh, when I asked that question, what's in the back of my mind is the you know, all of your customers want you to be want everybody on one platform because because of the scale and your uh, your ability to support everybody more effectively. Um, you know what you're turning on and off based on regional issues or or customer configurability. You know may vary, yeah. but um, but that's a that's a good decision on on your part. Now I want I'll come I want to come back to some of the differences between New Zealand and the U.S. But um, I'd like to uh, talk about these uh, global search and match capabilities. When when I looked at the product with you, that's that's where we focused. Could you could you explain those a, a little bit for everyone? So. Yeah, the global search and match. What I always had a dream. Sounds like a movie, doesn't it? I had a dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I always had a dream that I wanted to be able to have a job vacancy, load it, and just cut through all of the work administrative processes that's involved in recruitment and just have people presented to me who are the best match for the job. And now that technology has moved on uh, with the, um, you know, the artificial intelligence, all the tools that are out there and the technology, we were able to build this exact dream of mine in terms of loading a job and getting presented with the best match candidates, no matter where they are um, at all. So that's what Global Search and Match is all about. and. It's fantastic for New Zealand, but it's also fantastic for America because, you know, the kind of job market that America's in right now is really, really tough in terms of finding highly skilled staff. And this tool, Global Search and Match, is all around finding highly skilled staff. Yeah. And, you know, global may, you know, it may relate to geography, but but really, you're, you know, it, it's uh, it's about uh just using the entire the internet the web uh and all and everything available to you so can you speak to that i think you know anybody listening with any background in recruiting is wondering well you know where do you get that information from um so can you talk about the sources a little bit yeah sure i I mean the word global it's the both of those things right Uh, i mean because if you wanted to you could say yes i want to um, find developers in India and you can you know, search the, the web for people from India there. But you know, what it does initially, it, it reads that your job is based in uh, Dallas, Texas, and it searches for people there first of all. But yes, it, it also does search all across the web. Um, so maybe I'll, I'll go into how it works, how it all kicks off and where it looks. So. Because um, I mean, this is this is a really cool tool. I love it. Um, what it does is you write your job ad. The system uses natural language processing, which is a you know, subset of artificial intelligence, mm-hmm. to extrapolate exactly what skills, experience, expertise that this job requires. Uh, a lot more to to it than just that. Um, and it works out, you know, what kinds of people 
would suit that, what this job is, what, you know, even more than what's actually written in the ad, it works out, you know, what would be required for, um, to be the best match for this job. Now then, it uses uh, AI and, uh, you know, these fantastic, little machines that people don't really know much about that searches um, <laughs> the web uh, across you know over 180 different websites for publicly available information now it uses uh, social media sites like LinkedIn is a, is a great base great starting point you can get a lot of information from there and a lot of people with public profiles but LinkedIn is all about people saying what they can do rather than actually what they can do so it's not verified information so we use that as it's a good base but then we go to um you know if, if they have their job title on facebook we'll grab the facebook job title we don't dig into what they've done in the weekend we don't care about that um we you know may look at other networking sites we look at corporate websites corporate websites often lift list their staff in their job titles um peer-to-peer review sites these are fantastic because mm-hmm. you know uh, in the it world the tech world like github stack overflow this is where other people are rating their capabilities you know their answers to questions so you've got independent people saying how good they are this is gold for us if we can go out there find that stuff uh, that's awesome that really does validate what they say they can do um, on LinkedIn. And, or in the other cases, um, you know, says that they, they can't do it or not very good at it. Um, so there's all sorts of different places. If they've written a blog online, um, we can find that. If they've commented on a blog or commented on anything, any publicly available information at all, um, we can piece all these bits together like a jigsaw puzzle, clip them all in, all based around this one job, looking and matching those skills, experience, expertise, etc., education requirements into one complete profile and how well that profile matches that job. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, one thing that I'm, I'm curious about uh, is, uh, you know, w- once you've, you've done that, let's say you've, you've got a certain type of, you know, engineer, you've, you've run this search, you've, created some profiles uh is that data then refreshed over, over time yes yes that we actually don't store the data uh all we do is we continually search so it's up to date the time you click on that search button so if they've got new information then that profile's got new information on it so that's uh that's pretty awesome and like the accuracy is around 93% in terms of how well the, you know, this person um, can do what they say they can do and matching that job. Yep. Now, you know, it's, it's impressive to search over a, you know, a large number of sources quickly uh, and, you know, use uh, language and uh, context to sort of bring results back. But then it's a whole other thing. It, it's it's you know something that I that we overlook a lot to then take that data and present it in a in a profile. Um, 
you know, it, it's, does it, is it, is it always in the context of a job? Because I, I think that would, uh, would give you some, um, like a common denominator to work with, right. Um, to then build, build that presentation of that candidate around based on the skills and requirements. Is that, is that how it, it works? What it does, yeah, it goes out searching for the specific skills and expertise, et cetera, required for that job. And those are the ones that it brings back. But you can also see, you know, what else the people do. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, if in their weekend job, they're a rocket scientist. Then, um, you know, it, it can show you that they also do that. It shows you a complete profile of that person um, as well. But there's, you know, the, the profile comes back and is presented because their complete profile is a great match for that job. Yeah, so recruiters want to know a, a great overview of the person, anyway. Right. Um, right. So another thing that another thing that you stressed in our um, conversations was you know speed and and beyond uh, global search and match. Um, how how do you make the actual process go faster? The hiring process go you know faster. That's. Uh, there's a lot of different things that can can help with this, you know, getting to the right people as fast as possible and speed up that hiring process. Um, the key thing, first of all, is actually building a system that hiring managers love to use um, because the hiring managers like to be involved in, in the recruitment process and they like to have transparency. The earlier you can get them involved in that process, the faster it'll be to get um, your hire. So what is important is having a very intuitive dashboard, having a great uh, user experience. And, and we had a, a massive focus when we were redesigning this product for the US market on, on usability, end user, um, the hiring managers in particular. And you know, I mentioned early on, you know, a collaborative hiring process. Uh, the way that people recruit in New Zealand is you do have, uh, for example, uh, Toyota is one of our clients in New Zealand. You have the dealers that come off from uh, selling cars um, and walk into the office and start, you know, recruiting for someone. Uh, they don't have, in New Zealand, they don't have a centralised recruitment process where recruiters are doing it for them. We have farmers that come off the farms, take their rain boots off and come in, use cute jumpers. So that's a, a very important part of it, the usability. Uh, we hear so many stories of, from business that we get where people have come from systems where their hiring managers just will not even log in because they just hate it. They don't know what to do. Uh, so that's, you know, that's a first thing. But then there's other, uh, there's tools, automated tools that rank, highlight, automatically decline applicants. Uh, these are uh, based on questionnaires, screening questionnaires. We automate workflows, uh, and particularly around the job requisition process, uh, command candidate communication. There's a lot of automated candidate communication built in, uh, bulk communication with applicants. It's strange that still in these days, some systems you cannot communicate with more than one applicant at a time. Mm. Um, Another thing that came out of the research in the US actually was being able to post a job 
to lots of different job sites. I know a lot of systems can do that, but a lot of systems also don't. So we uh, obviously we can you can post to virtually any job board at the same time by using our system, which does save a lot of time. Um, then we're also a little bit into the future. We're shortly building you know, more AI tools that are automatically going to rank how well people who apply actually apply for your job uh, matches the job that you've just listed as well. So similar technology to the global search and match, but um, I mean we've already we've already got the technology. We just haven't connected it up. So yeah, we can read a job and we can work out what kind of person you're looking for. Right now we can read a resume and we automatically build their candidate profile and we you know, suck out their skills and expertise, et cetera. So we've got these two things there, we just haven't done the matching. So we're gonna chuck in some AI matching tools. So immediately you'll see who is the best match applicant for your job. The next step after that is the talent pool as well. Uh, in New Zealand, you know, we came from a talent pool uh, situation we were born being a talent pool in the first online talent pool in New Zealand. What our experience there has been is that yes, people want talent pools. Uh, they think it's a great idea, but they don't actually want to go in there and physically click any buttons. They just they're inherently too lazy. So um, <laughs> there's great information there. So now what we're going to do is we're going to automate that for them as well. So as soon as they load a job, we're going to say, hey, um, there's five people in your talent pool that are a great match for that job. You should contact them now. So, I mean, there's all of these little things that is taking, it's taking away mm -hmm. manual steps, administration that can really, really speed up how the recruiters can get to those best um, candidates right. as fast as possible. Well, you know, the, the, uh, the collaborative um, approach is really key. And I, I, you know, in, in New Zealand, it sounds like culturally, um, you know, the uh, managers are uh, more engaged in the process, you know, because they have to be or, or you know, it's, 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 it's sort of the way it is. Um, in the U.S., you know, I guess, I guess it's like a chicken and an egg, right? I, I can tell you that a lot of the employers that I've met with in the last couple of months around talent acquisition have talked about um, when they, when they think about automation and they think about um, the capabilities they're looking for, they're trying to remove those tasks so that their recruiters can engage with the hiring managers in a more and be more consultative and get them into the process earlier and more often. Um, so it's, it's sort of like, you know, the, the system being collaborative may work for the, the, the manager that's inclined, but you've, you've got to do both, right? You've also got to um, make the, the, the process for recruiters be seamless and, um, you know, strip out a lot of administrative tasks for them uh, so that they have the capacity to pull the managers in because culturally that's how it, it works here. Yeah. Um, so is, is that, is that one of the, is that the biggest difference that you found or, uh, or are, in, I guess that's one of the differences. What are, what are some of the other differences that you found between New Zealand and, and U S in with regard to 
uh, recruiting in this this market? It's more around what's happening in, in the the labour market as as a whole. Okay, and that's impacting on HR technology in in the US uh, with you know unemployment crazy numbers, uh, 3.9%, I think it was in July, and your number of jobs uh, being about 660,000 more than there are people looking for jobs. It's a crazy market that you've got in America. And uh, people are more willing to quit their jobs than they have been in the past as well. Mm -hmm. So what that means is it's so hard one, to find staff, particularly skilled staff, um, but also the pressure on time to hire is immense. Uh, and then going further, once you have got the people on board, the pressure to keep them is incredible. And you know, the lengths that companies are going to retain staff is, uh, is I think it's great. It, it's, um, it's awesome to have people want to work and stay in your organization, but it's caused a massive terms of when you go drag it back to technology you know, and engagement tools, um, AI based engagement tools have started coming out now to help companies to recognize when someone may not be happy in their job, when someone may be looking to leave so that you can get in touch with them, talk to them, um, work it out, try to keep them on board. Yeah. And you now all sorts of retention tools are coming out, uh, different sourcing tools because of how hard it is to get people. So the biggest difference is all based around this um, dynamic in, in the US market. Uh, New Zealand's, it's a little bit similar, but not quite as crazy. There's not as much pressure on the engagement um, retention, which is sad, um, but it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Uh, there's, it's a lot of you know, more pressure on uh, finding people. See, we have the benefit of uh, people coming from around New Zealand because of lifestyle. Right. So, yeah, for us, the attracting highly skilled staff is a bit easier than you know than than this US market because people are coming for the whole lifestyle. And, you know, in that case, you know, we're such a small market, the competition isn't as hot as it is here in America. And their motivators are very differently, very different to coming to the New Zealand market. And also, New Zealand, there's only two major job boards. In America, it is ridiculous. The amount <laughs> of job boards there are, it is so fragmented. It, yeah. It's making the, the life of the recruiters so tough. Right. And yeah. there's more coming too. It's, it's, uh, it is uh, consistently quarter in, quarter out, um, the biggest category that receives venture capital investment. And I think most people are surprised to hear that because they, 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 they uh, emotionally think that um, as technology has moved on, the job boards must be, you know, dying but that's not the case. They're, they're evolving. And yeah. yeah, so it's, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting challenge and it's, you know, it has to do with the size of the market. Um, and, uh, you know, the, 
you know, not all job boards are looking to be the next, um, you know, Indeed or career builder or monster. They're, uh, they can run a successful, profitable, uh, you know, medium sized business and be really off the radar to most people outside of in their niche. So, so there are a lot of them spring up and uh, provide value, but it, I could, we could go on about these differences and, and Q jumpers all day. I'm, I'm, um, but uh, we're running out of time and I'm what I'd, I'd love to give you an opportunity to tell people uh, how they can find out more about Q jumpers. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's obviously our website, qjumpers.com. Um, I'm always looking and happy to, to talk to people about recruitment technology. I, I love the topic. Any new tools or ideas out there, uh, I'm like, I love looking at those. And, and where we can, we even look at uh, trying to integrate the best of breed technologies that may fit into what we're doing. And we've got the goal of, of a, a recruiter, a hiring manager, never needing to leave QJumpers from the time they think about needing to hire someone until the time that person, the successful hire, is on board. So any piece of technology that's cool, awesome, and new that can make it easier and faster for our clients, um, I'd, I'd love to see. There may be a way that we could embed it into our system as well. Uh, LinkedIn. I can be contacted. My name there is Simon Oldham, and that's O L D H A M. Uh, Q Jumpers is our company LinkedIn page. My Twitter handle is Simon Oldham NZ. Uh, any anyone wants to contact me to discuss these sorts of things or you know potential partnering opportunities, I'm also very keen. Um, that's that's pretty much us. <laughs> great, great. And that URL is the, the letter Q and then the word jumpers. Ah, um, good point. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's right. <laughs> it's a little play, right, on sort of jumping the line, jumping ahead of the Q. Is that, am I? Yeah, okay. correct. Yeah, in New Zealand, in England, yeah, yeah Q jumping, that word Q jumpers is, uh, you know, everyone knows what it is. In America, not so common, uh, but the research we did said that the name looked a little bit quirky and quirky names are cool. So we stuck with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it's good. It, and it gives you room. Um, you know, one of the mistakes a lot of folks make is they get a little too literal with what they do with their, their name, especially around tech. And then they're stuck as the product evolves, but you can, you've got a lot of, lot of room to grow there. So, well, uh, Simon, it was great to have this conversation. I wish you the best of luck and uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for, thanks for taking time out of your day. Great. Thanks very much, George. I loved it. All right. Take care. You've been listening to HR Market Watch. This is George LaRocque. I want to thank you for spending a little bit of your day with us. I also want to thank my guest again. Thank you, Simon Oldham and Q Jumpers for sharing some of your story with us. If you'd like to be on HR Market Watch, just shoot me an email at HRMW, that's HRM for market, W for watch, at hrwins.com, and we'll start the conversation there. Thanks, everybody.